So we have another episode for you. Before we get to the wide receiver preview, which um, we're excited to talk about, we're just going to say that there's been some stuff out there that reportedly uh, might have dirt on our Packers um, that has been going on, but that's that's all in the past, isn't it, Dane? Yeah, I, I think that this podcast is all about moving forward, about the guys that are in-house Uh, at Lambeau Field, and they're going to be playing for the Packers this year, that are going to be coaching the Packers this year. And I think that we have a really solid uh, nucleus in Green Bay going forward. And for for us as fans, I think the most productive thing is to be looking at the 2019-2020 Green Bay Packers. So that's really all we got to say about that. So um, thanks for listening, and stay tuned. uh, Wide receiver preview coming up. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Dane, welcome to the Lombardi's Legends podcast. With me, as always, is Andrew Wagner. Wags, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. And today we have the honor and the privilege to preview the wide receiver position. Yes. And producer Dozer is uh, excited to talk about it as well. He sure is. He sure <laughs> is. He might want to pad up himself here. So, Dane, wide receiver position. Certainly highly talked about mm-hmm. during our lead up to free agency we were looking at guys that we could trade for we were sure. looking at guys that we could resign we were looking at guys that we could sign yeah. and so far nothing's happened jordy's gone <laughs> randall's gone everybody's gone <laughs> but we still have Devonte adams geronimo allison is back for another year uh, we dra- uh, we invested heavily in the draft last year with St. Brown. We also took Jimon Moore, who um, we were just talking before we started this podcast. He's a guy who's been working out. He's been a huge workout animal. It looks like this off season, he was our fourth round pick looking to make a jump uh, in year two. We've also got Marquez Valdez-Scantling coming back, somebody who flashed a lot of talent last year. Um, of course, others, Trevor Davis, Alan Lazard. Um, but it looks like, you know, there is some talk that there's potential, right, for another wide receiver to come in through the draft because um, after Devontae Adams, quite frankly, there is a drop-off uh, in that we don't have a lot of guys that have proven themselves time in and time out. So there may be an opportunity for the Packers to draft a wide receiver, maybe even potentially relatively high. What do you think? I, I agree. And look, I love Jake Kumro as much as anyone, but yeah. uh, he's not going to be our number two receiver this year. And um, this is a position group that I would expect that we'll definitely carry six if not seven guys that's what we've been doing the last few seasons and um, we've got some young group guys like you said but it does seem like it's there's going to be an opportunity to supplement this position uh, particularly if we can get someone that can play in multiple phases of the game i would like to see us bring in a specialist that can uh, help contribute if nothing else as a potential kick return or punt return Mm -hmm. Um, guy you know we have a few 
few people on the roster that can do that, but it would be nice if we can get uh, hand that over to someone that can specialize in that and, and maybe is a little bit lower in in terms of the position group, and but can also develop as a receiver. Mm-hmm. And that's why I would um, um, expect to see someone like Trevor Davis will be having a pretty tough time making the roster, I think, in 2019. Absolutely. And Jair Alexander better not be returning punts this year. He's too valuable. Or Tremont Williams. Yeah. Uh, we I need, agree. yeah, it's just not not a good situation if that's where we're at. So, all right. Well, Dane, let's uh, dive in then. Um, just as a reminder, if, if you haven't been uh, following along so far, uh, this is the third in a series uh, pods that we're doing leading up to the NFL draft. We've already done the, our quarterback preview and our running back preview. So today we're moving on to a wide receiver. Certainly you can go back and catch up if you haven't listened to those already. But uh, what we're really focusing on is looking at at position group as a whole and based on where we're picking and where we think we'll invest a pick or what's most likely uh, a round or rounds that we'll be investing uh, a pick in. So uh, with the wide receiver group, Dane, there's quite a bit of depth at this position in the draft, isn't there? Yeah, there is. And for that reason, my jaw would hit the floor if we took a wide receiver at 12. I don't think that that makes an awful lot of sense for the Packers. However, um, looking down the, the road a bit from there, the 30 pick that we have, the which was the Saints pick, and also we have a pick at 44. Those both seem like prime spots to potentially take a wide receiver. Mind you, in the history of the Packers, Greg Jennings was taken as a second-round guy. Jordy Nelson was a second-round guy. Uh, Randall Cobb was a second-round guy. We've had a ton of success in that, that range, and I, I really do think that maybe 30 – or maybe 44, we see a scenario where one of these guys comes off the board if we've got a guy that we like there, and we could have uh, add some talent for Aaron Rodgers. Okay, well, very good. So, again, we don't know what Goody's big board is looking right. like or shaking out as, um, but we've got a number of guys that are projected to be early to mid or even late second round picks that depending on how much Packers like them agree could definitely be someone we take at 30 so um hey you're really high on your boy Hollywood Brown aren't you nope (laughs) I'm not so so I I found out uh Wags was telling me offline here that um, that he, uh, Marquise Brown, he is the cousin of Antonio Brown. And I got to tell you, I didn't, I wasn't really warm on Antonio Brown being Green Bay Packer. And um, anytime a guy's nickname is Hollywood, I'm just probably not interested in bringing them into Green Bay. <laughs> he's learning from, he's learning from Antonio though, everything. He's learning all of the arts and secrets of the craft, Dane. That's, that's all we need in a young wide receiver room as, as a guy who calls himself Hollywood. I just, I, I can't do it. However, there are some real talented wide receivers that could potentially come to us. And one of them, we've actually already, we being the Green Bay Packers, have scheduled a pre-draft interview with, right? And those are valuable. They're limited. There's only so many of those that are handed out to a team. And uh, we are going to be meeting with A.J. Brown, wide receiver from, uh, from uh, Ole Miss, Seems like a heck of a slot guy. He would fit right in. We're looking to get bigger at that slot position. Uh, he's listed at six foot, 226 pounds. Uh, nice catch radius, aggressive. Wags, what do you think about that? 
Yeah, um, not the fastest guy at the combine. Had a four four nine forty, but um, I, you and I both know uh, I don't really care about straight line speed, especially no. from someone in the slot. That's not going to be their role. Um, how much lateral quickness do they have? Mm-hmm. Um, do they have burst? Can they get off the line of scrimmage? Someone with his size can definitely. You would expect to have some physicality and, yeah. and be able to fight off uh, those handsy cornerbacks that might be lining right over the top of them. Um, really, just uh, slide right over the middle. We know 12 is going to be able to target and get the ball to those guys. Definitely. In today's NFL, a big guy like that, you know, he again, not super tall, but uh, based on his size, uh, you have to think that he would be someone that would be a little bit hard to bring down, mm-hmm. might be able to break uh, that initial tackle. So I think someone with uh, A.J. Brown's profile would definitely be someone that you could slide right in to that role vacated by Randall Cobb. So, yeah, and I think that he he's definitely maybe shadowed a little bit by D.K. Metcalf, is his teammate at Ole Miss. This guy, Metcalf, he's the sophomore who's just the athletic freak. Anybody who's seen his workout videos. Looks like the, Bo Jackson. He does. He's huge, right? He's yeah. six foot four. What what did he run that 40 in? Can you look, Wags? Hey, so this guy, six foot four, 220 something. Four three three. Crazy. That's <laughs> crazy. Crazy, right? Yeah. So I think he I think that DK Metcalf is probably the first receiver off the board. He's getting and he's only a sophomore, so he's getting a lot of looks right now. But AJ Brown is maybe a little bit more of that sneaky guy that is projected to go in the mid thirties potentially, but you never know how these drafts go. Heck, maybe there's a run on a position and we see somebody like AJ Brown slip a little bit. Maybe the Packers have an opportunity even to take him at forty four. You just don't know and I think that is why uh, the Packers decide to bring him in for an interview yeah absolutely I think when you look at the depth of the position um, then moving into some of these other guys that are projected to go around uh, or even after AJ Brown um, I think 44 would seem more likely Mm -hmm. but uh, I mentioned on our running back pod that anytime you've got multiple picks in the same round, that uh, that second pick in the first round, that seems to be a great spot mm-hmm. to supplement or really try to improve a um, position group, just like running back, wide receivers in the same position where we don't really need yeah. someone, but it definitely makes sense that they'll be picking someone somewhere to try to improve the group. So if, if they want to take Brown at 30, Perhaps we look at that. Maybe they're bringing him in and saying, hopefully he slides down to 44. I I would say that if he's the guy they want at 44, and that's where they're really looking at him, and if he's not available there, based on the amount of guys that are available, it seems like they might just maybe let see if one of those guys slides down to 75, Mm -hmm. a third-round pick. Um, Not all of these guys will be taken. By that point, you know, uh, someone, if not multiple guys in this group that are projected to go late second, early third, uh, will slide down. So you look at another guy, Burner Paris Campbell yeah. out of Ohio State. Um, he he's a guy. He's got pretty good size, six foot two oh five. Um, would would also project to go into that slot uh, he wide can receiver fly role. Too. Four three one forty. Yeah. Um, so uh, he's a guy that we might be looking at particularly if he were to 
slide down to 75. I, I wouldn't expect that to happen. These these guys that pop and have that speed, yeah. uh, usually teams tend to reach, if anything. You know what they say, uh, speed kills, right? Speed kills, They yeah. like it, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So some other guys that we might potentially look at in that range, Kelvin Harmon out of NC State, mm-hmm. another bigger guy. Bigger now, now, he's yeah. 6'2", 220. He reminds me a little bit more of, of um, kind of the, the route we went last year with receivers, more of a St. Brown, maybe even more of a uh, uh, Jamon Moore, a, a bigger body guy. He's got some wheels, but um, you, know, you know, maybe not the slot guy, but I, I bet it's hard to tell, right? But keep in mind, um, the way that LaFleur likes to line guys up, he likes to use, a, that offense likes to use a lot of bunch formations. Yeah. So perhaps it's, it's not going to be as important that they get that quote-unquote traditionally profile slot receiver mm-hmm. um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out uh, perhaps they're more comfortable just moving forward with those those bigger more physical wide receivers that they have sure. and they bring in someone that's that's similar to that definitely so uh, a couple of other guys Dane um, in that range anyone else that really pops out I know we kind of looked at Riley Ridley uh, brother of Calvin Ridley for the Falcons coming out of Georgia uh, another junior not the fastest guy on the no. 40, um, ran a, a four five seven, I believe, but definitely has some pedigree. Uh, so maybe a name to be looking for. Absolutely. I, yeah, I, I look at that. I do look at, uh, at, uh, uh, Terry McLaurin, another guy from Ohio State. Every time we've talked about this in past podcasts uh, with position groups, anytime there's two guys getting drafted from the same school at the same position, uh, there, there's some intrigue that I see with the guy who maybe isn't the first one off the board because sometimes uh, that guy can fill in, can pop in, and can actually have some talent but was maybe overshadowed by somebody else who's perceived to have more talent. So always looking at a receiver uh, in, in that vein. Also, I really like Darius Slayton out of Auburn. I love under underclassmen when we can find him. I I like guys that he's a little bigger. He's six foot one, but but slim. I think that he can he can he's under 200 pounds. I he would be another guy, big school guy, highly touted, highly recruited that could come in here out of Green Bay. Uh, maybe a little bit later rounds. I'm thinking maybe even like the fourth, fifth round yeah. guy right there. Yeah. And I, I, Goody, we don't necessarily know if he's the same as Ted Thompson. But it seemed like Ted really liked his, uh, you know, wide receivers out of the less, uh, some of the smaller schools, uh, less well-renowned, not necessarily the big football programs. Um, So uh, I don't know. I have to admit, I don't know a lot about these guys. But uh, just uh, just for fun, uh, we've got Anthony Johnson and Penny Hart. I just like that name. Uh, Penny Penny Hart out of Georgia State. And he's a smaller guy, right? Penny's a lot smaller than a lot of the receivers that we've trended towards in the last season or two. Yeah, that? absolutely. So, um, I again, don't really – I have to be honest. I, I'm not going to pretend to know a lot about those guys, but – you know, kind of maybe more under the pro or under the radar, I should say, um, guys that we could be looking at with one of our two fourth round picks, um, or if they slide down and maybe into that fifth round range as well. So looking down a little bit further, um, again, I, I definitely think Dane. Uh, it sounds like the way that we're talking through this, um, we would expect it would not be a surprise for the Packers to be looking in that either their second or third round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I, I would be a little surprised if they take a, a wide receiver even at 30 
but you never know. Um, but I would say second or third round would be a good possibility um, if they don't get one of the guys they want to fall to them uh, at either of those picks. Um, what what would be you know probably a likely range? Is there anyone in that fifth, sixth, seventh round range that kind of pops out to you that you would uh, be looking at or, or kind of uh, keep your eye on? You know, it's a good question because this is a t- uh, this is a position where I think that if they don't go with somebody um, a little earlier, a big, bigger splash, uh, instant player, that means that what they are seeing in the offseason and hearing about through back channels, um, they're comfortable with the position group that they have. Um, so I, I guess that's the real question. The bigger picture question is um, if they don't go in that first, second, maybe third round, maybe they take a guy a little bit later. Uh, maybe they take somebody like a Jazz Ferguson who's huge. He's six foot five, right? It's a big body guy. They've got a few of those guys. Maybe they look towards another project there. They look at a Jalen Hurd, um, another really big receiver out of Baylor. Uh, I think that when you start to go further down the list, um, you're looking at a guy who you're not expecting maybe contribute uh, year one, maybe like some of the guys we took last year. I do think that the Packers think that they are going to see some real leaps out of the guys that are currently on the roster. So um, it really comes down to their comfort level. But as we get a little bit later in the draft, we're going to be looking at somebody who's a project, and we would just have to understand then that we are going to be leaning on Geronimo, and we're going to be leaning on MVS and Moore and um, St. Brown a lot more than maybe some Packer fans are comfortable with. Well, and that could be true, but I think if they are taking someone late, it's going to have to be someone, I, I know I mentioned earlier, that can contribute and special teams. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily have to be as a return guy. Sure. Ideally, that would be the case. I, I don't necessarily like spending capital on a player that isn't a good wide receiver mm-hmm. but can be a return guy if we have to so be it i would rather take a good receiver first that can also be a good return guy or contribute on special teams perhaps as someone that is more of of your gunner um, that that can contribute in that role so you know certainly there's going to be some names out there that uh, you and I and most other Packer fans have probably never heard of um, but I always like looking at receivers from uh, like Fresno State and Toledo yeah um, so so maybe one of their seventh round picks uh, Deontay Johnson out of Toledo and Kashawn Johnson out of Fresno State um, those seem to be the types of programs that produce a produce a lot of receivers over the years yep um, you know certainly Devontae coming out of uh, uh, Fresno State maybe we can uh, repeat that uh, um, uh, what do you say, Dane? No, I hear you. I think that I think you're you're absolutely right. Um, you're absolutely right. I, I look at some of these smaller school guys as well. Um, one that I'm gonna um, my my I, all these position groups I like to kind of throw a guy out there that um, maybe it would be an interesting prospect. I you know who I like, Wags. I like Alex Wesley. I think that he's a sleeper. He's from a smaller school, Northern Colorado. Um, could be an interesting guy uh, that we could we could potentially fit in. Uh, not a huge guy, six foot, uh, 184 pounds, but he's you know he's kind of got that build. He has consecutive seasons of over a thousand yards. Um, so a guy who's produced at a smaller school. That the football player. Better. Football yeah, player. Yeah, exactly. That's, I mean that's what you want with these late round guys is 
does he like football? Does he play well? You know, right. or is he? You know, what what's the deal? So those that's what that's really, what's really nice about targeting these small school guys is you know that more than likely they just really love playing football. Definitely. Um, there Definitely. was no guarantee they weren't going to that big school with no. thinking they're going to go to the NFL draft. They really like football. They work hard. Yes. Um, they you know uh, improved and now they're in a position to cash in at the end of the day. So, Definitely. Definitely. Um, so. Absolutely. So, um, Dane, do you have any other thoughts on the wide receiver position group or no, what we're I'd, looking at? I think that overall this is a position of strength on the team. We've got a lot of upside uh, currently on the roster. I'm pretty comfortable with the guys we have. And, um, you know, going position by position, it's easy to say, I think, oh, it would be good to take somebody in the second round. But then as we look um, from a 30,000-foot level at the team, the roster overall, it maybe wouldn't make as much sense to take a wide receiver when we do have needs at other positions like tight end, potentially on defense, offensive line. So I do think that Goot's going to go with the best player available uh, at, at at every juncture of this draft. But... If we look ahead and one of these guys that, that Goody really covets happens to be there in the late first round, maybe second round, maybe third round, uh, don't be shocked if we jump ahead and we've got somebody like uh, um, Nikhil Harry from Arizona State on the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I'm just going to just call my shot. I think what, what I could see happening is we actually trade back up into the second round, sure. uh, maybe use that third round pick and one of our forced um, or something along those. I don't know how, mm-hmm. how if they would really have to give up both, but um, I could see uh, with the depth of the group that they have there yeah. um, in that range that if there's someone they're really targeting that they really want that they don't feel is worthy of that 30th or 44th pick, um, I could see that's where Goody could get aggressive, trade back up, maybe early third round or late second round, snag his guy uh, at the wide receiver group. If that doesn't happen, I agree. I think we're more looking for uh, perhaps um, someone that has some some real athletic attributes or, or is going a, a little or slides a little bit, a, kind of like St. Brown did last year sure. um, that we can – pick up in the maybe the sixth or seventh round definitely definitely all right beautiful well thanks so much for joining us today um as we rounded out that wide receiver preview went a little bit longer but uh, a little bit of a a bigger position group to be looking at um so um join us next time we'll be looking at tight ends and that is definitely going to be a position that we'll want to dive deep into uh, because we need to find our future stud at that position So looking forward to talking about that. Uh, Thanks for joining us today. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.